Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Well, if you don't know, my name is Phil. I'm one of the elders in the church, and today we are going to be talking further in our Faith, Hope and Love series. And this is what we've been doing since the start of the year. And uh, as part of our gathering this morning, we're also going to be breaking bread together. And uh, this morning's title is this. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. And as we're going to discover this morning, these are words that Jesus said to somebody. And he says to all of us today, if our trust is in him, your faith has saved you. So I wonder whether we can turn in our Bibles. If you've got your Bible, please turn to it. It's Luke chapter 7. We are going to read a portion of scripture that Stephen referred to last week. Stephen, as he was preaching last Sunday, started talking about this passage and I thought, oh no, Stephen has stolen everything I'm going to say next week. But he didn't. There's more to say. And, uh, and so we're going to read together from Luke chapter 7. And we're going to start reading at verse 36. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. Then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him, talking of Jesus. He entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume and stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair, kissing them, and anointing them with the perfume. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, this man, if he were a prophet, would know, uh, would know who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him. She is a sinner. Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. He said, say it, teacher. A creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one he forgave more. You've judged correctly, he told him. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she with her tears has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with olive oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But the one who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this man who, he, who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So Father, we thank you for your word. We know that everything that you have written down in the scripture is for our instruction and for our help and for our growth. So Holy Spirit, would you do that now? Come and guide us into truth. 
as we study your word, as uh, you reveal to us what it is you'd say. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So picture the scene. I don't know if this has ever happened to you when you're reclining at the table to eat. And of course, this is talking, the custom of the day was that there's a, as people ate, they would sort of lie almost on the floor, stretched out, little table in front of them. And uh, I'm not going to do that right now. But I can tell you this. If I did that, I, I would never really expect my feet to be anointed with perfume and tears. It's not happened to me yet. I'm not really expecting it to happen. You might be different. But, uh, but what a scene. What a radical act of worship was being demonstrated on this. And this event, it's recorded in all four Gospels. It's in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. The references are all there. And um, there are some small discrepancies in the details. They're all eyewitness accounts. And of course, when you get four eyewitnesses together, they can all see, tell you slightly different things that happened on that occasion. So there are some small discrepancies. But many commentators believe this is the same account in, in all four Gospels. The reason there's any doubt at all that this is the same event seems to centre on two things. And the first one is this. In, in Matthew, Mark and Luke, the woman is unnamed. It doesn't say what her name was, doesn't say who it was. In John's Gospel, it's completely different. Because in John chapter 11, verse 2, it says this. A man was sick, Lazarus, from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Get this? Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. There it is. John tells us. It wasn't in Matthew, Mark and Luke, but that is the name of the woman. Her name was Mary. And uh, we know that she had a family. And, but the second thing that makes, that makes some people wonder whether this is the same event is this. Weren't Mary, Martha and Lazarus Jesus' big friends? Does it not say in John's Gospel that Jesus loved Mary, Martha and Lazarus? Yeah, he did. They were Jesus' friends. But that doesn't mean that Mary wasn't a sinner who needed saving. Some, um, some Bible translations as well, and I'm sorry to say, some traditional Christianity has turned every example of a sinful woman into an immoral woman. Some even to the extent of suggesting that the sin was, that she was a prostitute. It's not what the Bible says. That's a traditional thing that really shouldn't be a thing. But the word actually says, when you look at the original word, she was a sinner. And what does it mean to be a sinner? Well, it's someone who suffers loss from falling short of what God approves. That's the definition that's given to someone who's a sinner. We know this verse in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What we're saying is Mary was a lady, I was going to say just like me, that isn't true. <laughs> Mary was a person just like us. Mary was a woman with a sinful nature. We don't need to speculate on what the exact sin was that she had committed, why, why other people looked at her and said, she's a sinful woman. We don't need to speculate on that, but she was like us. She was no different to us. We were born inherently, innately sinful. Well, what do we know about Mary's story? We don't know everything about Mary's story at all. Um, there's a strong likelihood, although this isn't a hill I'm going to die on, 
there's a strong likelihood that this Mary is Mary Magdalene. That's what, again, many commentators believe. It isn't definitive from Scripture, but could well have been. The fact that we know her as Mary, Martha's sister, doesn't mean that she wasn't known as something else, just the same as I'm Phil from East Langton and Phil, the financial advisor. You know what I mean? So I can be both. It's not mutually exclusive. But we do know some things about Mary. We do know some things about her story. And one of the things we know is that she had met Jesus and come to know certain things about him. So here's the first thing that we know that Mary knew of Jesus. She knew Jesus as a teacher. When Jesus was ministering on earth, he would travel from village to village teaching. And we have it recorded in John's Gospel that on one occasion, Jesus was in Bethany, where Mary lived. And and her sister Martha, who owned the house they lived in, invited her in. Invited Jesus in, and, and, and Mary sat at Jesus' feet and listened to his teaching. And Martha was getting a bit miffed in the kitchen because uh, Mary wasn't helping with the preparation of the meal for the guests. So we know that Mary knew Jesus as a teacher. Number two, she knew Jesus as a friend. Again, John's Gospel says that Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He was their friend. And... Um, That's the account of when Jesus delayed going to visit when Lazarus had died. But four days later, when Lazarus was as dead as dead could be, Jesus turned up and called him out of the grave. And therefore, Mary also knew that Jesus was a healer, number three. Mary knew Jesus as a healer. She had seen her brother Lazarus raised from the dead. If this Mary is Mary Magdalene, Jesus had healed her himself. He delivered her from the stronghold of demonic oppression. Mary had known the touch of Jesus' healing power on her life. And and the fourth thing, uh, evidenced in the raising of Lazarus from the dead, is that Mary had seen that Jesus had the power over matters of life and death. She'd seen firsthand the raising of Lazarus. The raising of Lazarus, incidentally, is only in one of the Gospels, certainly in the Gospel of John. It's not in the other three. This account of the anointing is in all four Gospels. And where something is in all four Gospels, it must be important, right? Yeah. Yeah. But what we see from Mary is there had been continued revelation as to who Jesus was and the purpose for which he'd come. You know, Mary's extravagance when she anointed Jesus' feet with perfume and her tears, it caused some indignation among the other people around the table. And different accounts from the various Gospels were told that, that some were saying, well, Mary could have sold that perfume and given the money to the poor. Wouldn't that have been a righteous thing to do? And others like, like Simon, who was at the table, the, the host on the occasion, he, he said, but this woman is a sinner. And Jesus had a reputation, didn't he, in the Gospels for, for spending his time with tax collectors and sinners. The tax collectors got a real bad rap in the Gospels. They're always singled out as being uh, the very worst of the worst. If you work for the Inland Revenue today, I think times have changed a bit. But, um, but Jesus was known for hanging out with sinners. And when Simon saw... Mary anoint Jesus' feet with tears and with perfume and kiss his feet. 
he was upset. He said, this woman is a sinner. This man can't, can't know her past because he's allowing her close. And so let's go back to the account we read in Luke 7. And I'm choosing to read this particular version of the story in Luke 7 because it records a question that Jesus asked that challenged the indignant thoughts of those at the table. And he said this. He said, suppose there's a lender and he's lent money to two people. To one, he's lent 500 denarii and the other 50 denarii. So there's two, there's two loans. One is 10 times bigger than the other. In today's money, why don't we say, look, one has been lent 5,000 pounds and the other has been lent 500 pounds. And we're told that neither borrower could repay the money. And so the lender graciously cancelled the debt of both of the borrowers. He said, your debts are cancelled. Neither of you owe me a single penny. So Jesus asked the question, in that situation, which of the two debtors, which of the two borrowers um, have received the most grace? Who are the two who are most grateful? Who are the two who, um, who are going to love the lender the most? And Simon quite rightly said, well, it must be the one who's been let off the most. It must be the one who had the biggest debt. And then Jesus makes his point, and so it is with this woman. So it is with Mary. She has been forgiven much, and she loves much. Jesus then goes on to make his point with Simon, because he says this. He's accusing Simon of being really casual in his welcome of Jesus. Because when Simon arrived at, sorry, when Jesus arrived at Simon's house, Jesus didn't uh, have water provided for him to wash his feet, as was the custom. It was good manners in those days. And Simon didn't greet Jesus with a, with a kiss, as was the custom. It was good manners in those days. And Simon didn't annoy Jesus, anoint Jesus with olive oil which was the custom. It was good manners in those days. That's what you did when you received a, a guest in your house. And in contrast, we have Mary, who washed Jesus' feet with her tears, and she kissed them and anointed them with very expensive perfume. And Jesus says, yeah, she has loved much because she has been forgiven much. We're going to break bread together this morning. And we should know today as we gather around this table that if we are trusting Jesus for the cancellation of our sin debt, if we are trusting Jesus for the cancellation of our sin debt, then we have been forgiven much. Every one of us. There are no small testimonies Sometimes we joke, don't we? I grew up in a Christian home, and if someone asked me to tell my story, it's not very dramatic. You know, it's not. By the age of three, I was into the heavy stuff, <laughs> stickle bricks, couldn't leave them alone. By the age of five, I was doing fuzzy felt four times a week. <laughs> that, that was my childhood. I had a great childhood. I have lots to be grateful for. 
But there are no small testimonies. All and any of us who are sinners. And that is all of us. Our sin makes it impossible to come into God's holy presence. There's no small sin that God will go, well, that wasn't actually so bad, so you might as well come in. That's not how it is at all. Any sin in our lives makes it impossible for us to be friends with, to commune with a holy God. Do you remember last week, no small testimonies, because we were all lost, and we've now been found, and we were all dead, and we're now alive, right? There's a big difference between dead and being alive. And that is the thing that has happened for everyone who trusts Jesus as saviour. I just want to say this, for those of us who have had childhoods like mine, and we've grown up in and around the church, we've perhaps been Christians for a lot of years, we've always known of Jesus as a teacher, and maybe a friend, and maybe a healer, let's not become so comfortable and familiar with the fact that Jesus has powers, have the power over life and death, that we become complacent. We lose the awesomeness of who he is and what he's done. Let's not lose the awe. Just as Mary received continued revelation as to who Jesus is, we can, all of us, and we must do the same thing. If I count myself as a follower of Jesus then surely I I must get to know him. And I must desire to be like him. And I must want to be thinking what he'd be thinking and doing what he'd be doing. The Bible says that he lives in me by his Holy Spirit. And so I can expect to get to know him more and more. I can expect my knowledge of him and my likeness of him to become greater and greater. So let's not lose the awe of what Jesus has done, but rather chase after being filled with awe again and again and again. You know, we have seen things over the last few years particularly that we might, even five years ago, have never have imagined seeing. Things that we'd previously perhaps taken for granted that we um, have seen taken away and we realise their importance. So who could have imagined five years ago if we weren't allowed to be together in more than twos and then sixes? You would think we were in some dictatorship regime that, you know, you wouldn't have imagined it, would you? We had our freedom taken away and None of us particularly thought about freedom before. But when it was gone, it's like, oh, we had that. What about big businesses collapsing um, and millions of jobs being threatened as soon as the money stopped flowing around the economy? Do you remember right in the early days of lockdown? And we're locked down and the government had to bail out billions and billions and billions of pounds to keep money flowing around the economy. 
because business, businesses collapsed. It was a surprise. You know, companies which we think are old and rooted and established and wealthy, actually, as soon as the money stops flowing, on their knees. We never expected to see that. We never realised what we had until it was gone. What about this? Peace in Europe and a nuclear power invading a sovereign state. You know, we've never seen this before. And we've taken it for granted. You know, the peace and prosperity in Europe since the end of the Second World War. We've, certainly our generation here, we've taken that for granted. We had something and now it's under threat and it's been lost and you don't realise what you had until it's gone. There's going to be some modern life comforts we're going to lose due to scarcity. You know, there's a big supply crisis in the world at the moment. Things that we're very much used to. And we're going to have to change our lives. There's probably going to be wide-scale food shortage in this country. I don't think shortage of everything. I'm not suggesting going panic buy as soon as we leave here this morning. Yeah. But, but there might be staples that we just can't get hold of in quite the same way as we could. And we have to make choices to eat something else. We don't know what we have until it's gone. And, you know, Jesus is not going to go anywhere. <laughs> just want to be clear. Jesus is not going anywhere. But let's not lose the awe of what we have right now. Yeah? Do you remember last week, and Stephen was talking to us about the older brother in the story of the prodigal son? And the younger brother goes away and wastes his inheritance. And the older brother, when the younger brother comes back, is cross. And the father says, but look, all this you've got with me. And so it is right now. Everything that Jesus has done, it's ours. Let's not lose the awe of all that we have. Let's not be like Simon, casual in our welcome of Jesus. Let's not, when we're meeting together like this, for example, let's be ready to greet Jesus in a way that is you know, good manners. <laughs> but you know what I mean? This is, this is where the rubber hits the road for, for people like me, people like us here. Jesus said to Mary on that day, just as he says to every one of us today, your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Saving faith is us coming to Jesus. It's thanking him for his sacrifice on the cross. It's, it's repenting. It's like turning around. It's, it's asking for his forgiveness for the many wrong things that we've done. And it's choosing to follow him. That's what it is to have saving faith. And there's great news. Jesus never ignores a prayer like that. <laughs> yeah, Jesus himself, he declared himself the way the truth and the life. No one comes to know God the Father apart from through him. He promises never to leave us or forsake us. He promises to fill us with his Holy Spirit. 
He always says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Perhaps we're here this morning and we've, we've never really prayed that prayer. Maybe we're here this morning and we've kind of known of Jesus as a teacher. We might have even seen his healing touch on people's lives. But actually we've never prayed a prayer which says, Jesus, I want to come to you. Maybe you've prayed that prayer, but never told a soul. Maybe you've prayed that prayer, but you're keeping it really quiet. Just in case. There's no need to do that. If you've prayed that prayer, Jesus, I want to follow you. I don't really know how to do it, but I am really sorry for all the wrong stuff I've done. I want to follow you and live the way you tell me to live. You should tell someone about that. And in a body of believers like this, we can help one another. We can help one another to follow Jesus well. Maybe you have prayed that prayer and maybe you have told somebody, but actually you've not yet been baptised in water. You should definitely do that. (laughs) You know, The Bible tells us that that baptism is a cutting off of our past and it's an acceptance of a new life in Jesus. We've not had our baptistry out in this room since the lockdown finished. We should change that. If you're trusting Jesus as Saviour and have not been baptised, come and talk to me about that. We'd love to baptise you. We'd love to help you in your followership of Jesus. So we get a chance together this morning to worship at this table, to pour ourselves out before Jesus at this table. And as we do that, remember that Jesus is saying to each one of us, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Your faith has saved you, go in peace. Your faith has saved you, go in peace. And we might say, oh, yeah, I've had a tough week. Yeah, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Ah, but people say horrible things about me. Yeah, but your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Ah, I'm not really good enough to come to the table. Yeah, but your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Ah, oh, this week I have messed up. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I've never repented. I've never told Jesus that I want to follow him. Repent and tell Jesus you want to follow him and your faith has saved you. Come to the table and go in peace. I've got a big decision in life to make. Great, but your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Ah, I am under pressure. I've got so much on. Yeah. Come to the table because your faith has saved you and go in peace. I think I've been too casual in my relationship with Jesus. 
Yeah? Let's put that right. Come to the table. Your faith has saved you. And go in peace. So we're going to return to worship now. We're going to get a chance to worship before we break bread together. When we do come to break bread, let me just say this. If you are a follower of Jesus today, then this meal is for, is for you. If we're trusting Jesus as Saviour, we should gladly take bread and drink wine. This is a celebration, not, not remembering someone who has died, but celebrating the life that Jesus gives to each one of us. Yeah. So as we worship, I'd like um, us to be ready for one person to be praying on behalf of the body to give thanks for the bread, another person for the wine. Just come and let me know uh, if you can do either of those things. That would be great. So that what we're doing together is an expression of us, us all together. It's corporate. It's not just me, but one and another can lead us as we give thanks around the table this morning. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.